a rare sit-down with two brotherly legends. But when Joe first joined the band, he said, I've never been in a band that didn't make money. And, <laughs> and, and as my commercial band, instinct. <laughs> I swear to God, as soon as we were starving well, for years, and he joined the band, and all of a sudden he had money. Wow, this one was fun, Dave. This was very, very cool and insightful. They had the communal <laughs> cooking in the living in the kitchen. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, with the Eric's uh, spaghetti sauce. Eric made the spaghetti sauce. Special, <laughs> special ingredients in the spaghetti sauce. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how, Instead of oregano you, with uh, you... some other spice. <laughs> <laughs> Albert and Joe Bouchard of the Oyster Cult. They talk about the early days. Jamming with the band. And it, we spent all the money we had, let's face it. You know, yeah, we did. Didn't, yeah. We weren't the rich. money didn't last very long. It, yeah, it, but it, we it weren't went as fast as it came in. Reimaginos. Seven stars. And even a few surprises. This is stuff that's never been, never been, never been in an interview before. Yeah, that's right, stuff. right. Reliving a golden era of rock and roll on the next. Rock of Nations. Yes, yes. By those who sing with their eyes closed, you know me by my Ladies and gentlemen, Blue Oyster Cult is the DNA of BOC is everywhere. And now it's back on the show, the brotherly rhythm section. This, <laughs> folks, this, you, you, this is just exciting. I, we have been waiting for this. This was one of our favorite chats, Violin Master Shaney Mac Shane here. Um, Albert and Joe Bouchard, folks, I, I, I can't tell you. How exciting this is! Like we we literally had one of the coolest chats with literally the rhythm section of one of the greatest bands in rock. Absolutely, yeah. We never forgot it. It was, a, it was one of the most fun, seriously, one of the most yeah. enjoyable interviews we we've done. Yeah. And, and we talked for almost two. I think about two, two hours. hours. Yeah, about two hours. Um, yeah. Albert and Joe Bouchard. We talked to. Uh, 
Joe yep. in the summer. Yeah, when uh, Strange Legends came out, he had a solo record, and uh, and uh, we always want to have him back in, uh, with Al, too. It was definitely the vibe of uh, like being in, in, in a room, a bedroom or something with these guys, you mm -hmm. know, like when we're kids, because yeah. it was like a, it just was almost out. like a frat. Yeah, yeah, just hanging out. Thing going on. Right. There like, were a lot of fun uh, stories. There's a lot of uh, just having some beers, talking. Yeah. I, I shouldn't use the word frat because I think that's a kind of a negative connotation for a lot of people. But, <laughs> but it was just like being uh, backstage, just shooting the shit. Man. Yeah, like like what like a right great after a bunch show. of guys. Yeah, and to to listen to them play off of each other was just really cool. Yeah, Albert, uh, of course, after he was kicked out of the band uh, due to abuse mm -hmm. of, yeah. of substance and, and this that and the other uh, Albert was a bit of a wild man he ended up going to uh, teach yeah that's right and uh, he taught students of uh, all sorts of types of music and uh, I think he even taught some folks who went on to go do rap music or something like that he talked yeah. all about it it was really interesting <laughs> it, was, it was really wild there's a couple big-name rappers yeah ASAP yeah. Rocky I think it was ASAP, uh, that was it yeah was yeah one of his students yeah and uh, just uh, salt of the earth, man. Really, truly, uh, we, we talked about so much stuff. Yeah, and Albert has uh, something special coming up. We're talking <laughs> to him about Reimaginos. Uh, you know, of course, uh, the album uh, Reimaginos came out on uh, back in November. But here's uh, the release, actually. Really um, cool. Yeah, Reimaginos came out on uh, November sixth through Rock Hard. Heart Records uh, and Deco Entertainment. It hit the uh, Billboard Top 100 at 97. This was Albert Bouchard's first time back in the charts in 32 years. And now, to celebrate the vinyl release of Reimaginers, yes. this hit stores, folks, you want to pay attention to this, this hit stores April 9th. Albert will be performing the album in its entirety, plus other Blue Oyster Cult classics, on Saturday, April 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we're just super happy to talk with uh, Albert about Reimaginos. And, and, you know, this was a project that was personal for him, right? And yeah. there's a whole history. Sandy Perlman, some what you think would be bad blood, right? I mean, yeah. you would think. Yeah, I mean, tell us, man. Well, the, there was... Uh, Sandy was basically uh, one of the driving forces in Albert no longer being in the right. band. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, there was some blood, you know, some bad blood there. It, no longer, of course, uh, and, and Albert's kind of come full circle in taking uh, the lyrics to the album that uh, was his in the first place mm -hmm. and, and kind of he took the album back and uh, all the music that he wrote uh, using Sandy's lyrics and uh, and redoing it basically and, mm -hmm. and reimagining it, yep, as he likes to, as, as he likes to say, and uh, there were, there were several tracks that uh, were originally supposed to be on this release when it when it came out in the 80s. Yep. Um, but the version that we all know that came out on Columbia Records of Imaginos was not the version that Albert had planned mm. or in his mind. And um, that's about the best I can explain it to you on a Friday. No, and, and you nailed it, man. <laughs> no, you nailed it. That's exactly it. But he, uh, Albert, is, is so excited about it and... Uh, I, I've been playing the crap out of this. I, it's, it's good, really man. Really good. So good. And just a, just the the, the the Bouchard brothers um, was an extra added bonus, you know, treat. You know, mm -hmm. ten minutes in, 
Joe showed up. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> and, uh, had some uh, so trouble was, uh, dialing in. It was four of us, four of us on the phone, and yeah. uh, we were patching him in live. It was. I had a, to pinch myself really because. Oh my god, dude! <clears throat> it was it was incredible. I mean, here are the, here are these guys who like Blue Oyster Cult is. It's one of those bands that they're classic, they're iconic, but there's a little bit of them, and like they just they pop up here and there in pop culture. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and just right when you haven't thought about them in a while, they pop up in some way. And it's just the coolest thing ever, man. If you're a fan of punk, if you're a fan mm. of, of of hard rock, if you're a fan of metal, um, there's you're more than likely to be a Blue Oyster Cult fan. Mm -hmm. um, I have friends who are deadheads. I have friends who are fans of music that we don't really even talk about on this show. Um, you know, crazy jazz and free jazz and improv. Yeah. They're... They, they all love Blue Oyster Call, especially mm. the early stuff. Yeah. And um, if you have not heard their music, definitely check it out. Start at the very beginning, <laughs> mm -hmm. and just work your way down. And it's a, it's a hell of a ride. And it's just really, it was really nice to be able to talk to Albert about um, going back to something that he had lost yep. and and kind of getting control of it again and mm -hmm. it's a very special thing it yeah. really is and um, and we asked him was he bitter about what happened and he he had a surprising answer i thought i don't, I don't want to give it away but he had yeah. a pretty surprising answer yeah there's and, which and, maybe i give it away <laughs> i don't know I don't but know. depending on how you interpret the that. answer was surprising that's it <laughs> 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 but uh it's really and this kind of brings up what you were saying about the his um a live stream i really i'm starting to really enjoy these live streams mm -hmm. i'm starting to like there's mr kilby ever trying to kill some time or just whatever uh, if you have free time and you can you know you get to sit down and watch these incredible shows from artists that you love and, and it seems bottomless at this point because yeah. so many of them have been made mm -hmm. in just the past 12 months and they're so intimate they feel really intimate it makes me kind of wonder is this going to be a thing that continues after the pandemic will this will this keep going will this yeah it, it, it may be i mean it, it would not be a bad thing i mean you know if a band's not on the road or whatever you know may, or maybe it's a little thing a series they do before they go on tour yeah. Or something they do in between legs, you know? Once things open, do open up again. I like it. I mean, I think it's a, it's it's nice. You know? Well, this happened last year, uh, not to get off the, the beaten path, but just real quick. When we were doing the show this time last year, uh, <clears throat> the Dropkick Murphys mm -hmm. uh, right. did one of the very first that we had heard of. Yeah, we saw a, a live live stream yeah. concert. Um Basically in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah, uh, for St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that's right. I think they're in like Boston or somewhere up there. Yeah, and it was, and it was wild, and it, it was a cool show. But you know, we we little did we know that I mean this would be the way things were going to go, and yeah. sure enough, that's that's what it's been. And they just did their second one uh, this Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> like literally a year. It, like, yeah, they, they yeah. didn't miss a beat. They just went right back, and and uh, the hits on it were astronomical yeah massive yeah. you know throw it on while you're having a party mm -hmm. and it's just a cool concept it's something that's kind of wild that we never really thought about you know but i i just really want this to see the artists out there having fun and doing what they do yeah you, instead you, of being cooped up at home and right losing their minds well and, and you want them it's for their sake and for the creative uh energy you want it to be 
um, you don't want them to lose that that energy for it because can you imagine you know losing no. you know losing your mind? You're not playing shows at all, and then what do you do when things do finally open up? It's like right. all that time lost. So anything they can do to be creative and expressive, I think, is uh, is is fantastic. Yeah. So I, I mean, uh, both Albert and, and Joe, or I can't remember if Joe was or not, but I'm pretty sure that Albert was a founding member. I think Joe was brought in. Yep. Uh, yep. Tad tiny bit later i think so yeah a little I think bit they later, yeah. freely talk about that it's not like a bad thing or anything right but, yeah uh we just really can't wait for you to hear this stuff and uh yeah. we got some other cool surprises later on after the interview yep uh we had to break this interview down yeah, didn't yeah, we? yeah. <laughs> yeah breaking it in. yeah we did because it's there's so much uh but uh it's good stuff. i mean it was so much fun to do and, and we're, re we're reliving it uh as uh, you experience it for the first time. So what do yeah. you say? Check Let's do this, man. Let's roll that roll tape. <laughs> One of the good things about uh, how I did the last record is that I played the songs live on the live stream. You know, and I ended up changing right. them a lot. But, uh, you know, I did this thing with Chuck Schumer uh, uh, back oh, yeah. in August. Yeah, where uh, it was about Save Our Stages. And I had okay. this thing about how right. when you play for people, you get a different insight into your song, into what your song really is, what it means, what it means to you, you know, whose voice is coming out of you when you're singing these words. Because so, sometimes you don't really know. You're just doing it. And then later on you realize, oh, I'm sounding just like Sandy Pullman here, you know. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so, but. But playing live for people, like, it it gives you a different insight into the song. That's basically what I said in the Save, Save Our Stages uh, speech that I gave, you know, it was on the news. So, and my friend Chuck Berry Schumer. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with Albert Bouchard. The new album is Reimaginos, and uh, we're just thrilled to have Albert on the show Uh and Albert, yeah. sure you're talking about these, uh, you're about to do a live stream, you said. Uh, what's yes. it like performing that way in this day and age? Well, you know, you would say, oh, well, you don't get the feedback from the audience. Yes, you do. They are live. They are. The chat is blowing up. It's like, you know, uh, I ask uh, some of the other guys that do these things, like Richie or, or uh, R.J. Ronquillo, the guitar player that played on the record. I asked them, how do you how do you deal with the stream like going by so fast? You have you get like two hundred, three hundred people in there, and they're all interacting with you, and they all are asking questions. And there's no way you can. I mean, and now I saw today. Oh well, you can go in slow mode so that it prevents people from uh, from bombarding you with uh, questions. You know, you you you. you you limit them to every 30 seconds or something, you know, they can write, uh, so that, that slows things down. So I might try that tomorrow, but, but the whole idea is that the, the audience, you know, when you're playing on, on stage, you're playing, you, you get to the end of the song and they, they go crazy or whatever, or they clap or they don't. But when you're live streaming, they're interacting, they're talking to you directly. You know, and you can talk back to them. You can talk back as you're as you're playing, or you can. You, oh, oh! So listen, you want to know? 
this bass that J David is playing is, you know, uh, it was recommended by Richie Castellano and blah, 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 you know, or, uh, you know, you know, so you can, you actually uh, interact more personally with your audience, you know, I mean, yes, you're not, I can't imagine doing a live stream for, you know, 10,000 people, but, you know, you, for me, I, the most I've ever gotten is 300, so that's plenty. <laughs> that's plenty to be you look at that stream it's like going it really is streaming by you know you've got to like what oh oh there's one oh, that's a question you know so and sometimes i'll stop and i'll i'll, I'll rewind the stream because i saw something and i want to see what it said you know and there is software that you can actually highlight a comment or something and it comes up on the screen and then you can you know, address it like that. But I tried to to use it today, and uh, I just gave up. I said, ah, I couldn't figure out how it was. It it wasn't showing me my cameras. You know, my, I have a switcher which switches between cameras, and I have a foot switch that I can do that because I don't have Pro Tools like Richie. So <laughs> I can't. And even if I did, I wouldn't know how to do that. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> controller number 65. It can be whatever you want, but you, I said it for 65. Yeah. <laughs> and then 65, oh, and then I set my, my camera up for 65, controller 65, and I'm like, what? Okay. And set it to, to zero or one toggle between zero and 127. So that much I do know. The, the 127 is a MIDI number. So, and all of this stuff is really using that MIDI technology that happened probably like early 80s, I'm, I'm going to say, right. early, early-ish 80s. The, they came, the, all the, in an incredible show of uh, cooperation, all the synthesizers manufacturers made a standard where all their instruments could talk to each other. So, um yeah. Yeah, they're still using that, but not not even for synthesizers anymore, but for lighting and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, everything talks now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, but it is quite a learning experience. Uh, you know, my manager Jeff, uh, he uh, had suggested I do some live streams. You know, a paid live stream where it's a private audience and. You know, and and there's some perks involved and and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a great thing, but I can't just jump into that. I really need to figure out how to do this, what's involved, you know, how you know what's important for me musically to perform. You know, because the album, as simple as it is, it's still got you know uh, at least you know I'm playing a guitar. I'm at least one guitar, usually more than that, sometimes as many as like six or seven guitars, but, uh, you know, uh, playing mostly the same thing, you know, but maybe, uh, uh, two different guitars that have different, and two different acoustics. I have a Martin, so I'll play a Martin on one side and a Taylor on the other. And then I'll put, uh, like a Nashville tuning, which is a special tuning where it sounds like the top, the high strings on a 12 string. It's it's a it's a trick that Tom Petty did on like every record, you know. That's why he got that right. really rich, you know, because he loved the twelve string. But eventually, he he just strung up. He took he played a Stratocaster and a Telecaster, and the Telecaster was strung 
like the other strings on a on a uh, on a twelve string, so that uh, it combined they sound like a twelve string. But it, the articulation, the 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 depth of the sound is much uh, richer to do that. So I I discovered that technique. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's one part. It's me playing that part, but I'm playing it over and over again just to give it a deeper and richer sound, you know. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, the, so, and then there's some keyboard parts, and some of them are, are important, some of them are not. So, I, you know, I just, for the live stream tracks, and, of course, the biggest deal is that I played the drums on all the songs. So, um, oh, last year, last year when we were, not last year, but the year before last, in 2019, when we first started doing the live stream, I had my drummer Justin Robinson come and play. But he has—he is—I mean, even if it, we weren't restricted, he is—he uh, is an essential worker. He pro- programs the robots for Shoprite. Well, you know, I oh, think wow. there's a name name for that robot. They have a—you know—you know—it goes and does inventory stuff. You know, wow. and absorb. So he's a he's a computer programmer, and uh, he went to college for computer science, and, and not music. He, uh, he was my music student, this guy, and he was one of the best really? ever. Yeah, a fantastic wow. musician. And uh, I mean, I had some others. I mean, I had some famous people like ASAP Rocky was one of my students. Really? But, what was that? Yeah, like? but really? he didn't he didn't impress me that much. He impressed me as a person. He was very cool. I can't believe that he got in all that trouble over in Sweden because he usually is, you know, he was never uh, uh never a kid that I mean, I taught in the school, you know, inner city school where kids would fly off the handle all the time. He was not one of those. He was oh, the teachers absolutely loved him and the girls loved him too. He always, <laughs> yeah. he always that's the secret. Always, yeah, yeah, that's the secret. So the Uh-oh. girls loved him. The girls loved him. <laughs> yep, yep, and and the teachers play, loved him play too. Music of any kind. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize that he was such a talented rapper. I mean, a lot of kids will will want to show off for me. What I what impressed me about him was I would say, hey man. How come you were absent last week and go, oh, it was my first week. I, I got an internship at Bad Boy and I met, I met Alicia Keys. I'm like, oh, cool, man. Well, it sounds like you're moving up, man. And of course he parlayed that into a record contract and, you know, he get, brought his whole crew there, the ASAP crew, ASAP Ferg and ASAP, uh, what's the other one? And, uh, so, uh, so yeah, he, and then he made a, a great success, and he he actually helped another one of my students get a record deal. Uh, she's she goes by Melly M E L L I, and she's like a okay. singer rapper. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. And uh, she's she's charted. That's so cool. You know, so yeah, yeah, and uh, and in that same class, so there was all these kids in the, that class. There was uh, a guy named Carvin Lassant who played George Washington in Hamilton. So yeah, it was a little while ago. This this uh, probably over ten years now. See, Justin was eighteen when I knew him. So now he's thirty. Oh my God, it's like uh, fourteen years ago. Yeah, something like that. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got that. Go ahead. 
Oh, go ahead, Dave. No, just to say we have Albert and Joe Bouchard on the line. The I just got connected. I'm here. Uh, huh? Hey, good, uh, good to see you. Good to, uh, good to talk to you, I should say. Albert and Joe Bouchard, the legendary rhythm section from yes. Blue Oyster Cold. And as we were just talking, uh, Albert, and perhaps you too, Joe, you guys have been surrounded by young talent uh, as you've uh, seen music, popular music, continue, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I was, really I was cool. talking about my uh, teaching career. I know, I know, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> got yeah. to go to the yeah. White House. That's Obama true. Obama invited him to the White House uh, for the Teacher of the Year award, and uh, he didn't get the award, but it was a great experience. Yep. The president in in the presence of rock royalty. How cool. Yeah, yeah. I think cool. you brought him a cowbell, didn't you? <laughs> I brought him a whole bunch of stuff. I brought him some, a couple Blue Coop records. We only had two out at that point. That was in 2016, so it was uh, five years ago. And I brought him yeah. some Blue Coop records. I brought him a signed Blue Oyster Cult record because I I found out from the guys because I had been practicing for uh, to do that tour that I did with them in 2016. So. They had said, oh, Obama is a, a fan. I said, no, he is not. And I go, really? You can find, look it up. You know, so I looked up his, auto, his his biography when he was a young lad. And sure enough, he listed Blue Oyster Cult as one of his favorites. Wow. So I, I knew that I, you know, I, I thought I would be able to give it to him in person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, after you get through secret service. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to the Secret Service and said, no, you're not bringing anything in there. You've got to give it to us, and we'll make sure he gets it. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and then I'm like, well, I wonder if, I wonder if we're ever going to have some beers together. That would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, that didn't happen. It was, you know, it was a, it was a cluster, you know. There was so yeah, many people. Yeah. There was about 450 people there, and you know, I was right up in front, so I did get yeah. to say hi, hi to them and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, no, there was no beers with Barry. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> but then, you know, uh, about uh, four months later, I got a letter from him. Wow. Thanking, thanking me for the things and saying how great it was that you know that I. You know, uh, it devoted my life, you know, my, my, you know, I stepped away from music to, to work with the kids, you know, you know, wow. but now, but now I'm retired. <laughs> I'm back, I'm, I'm back to my music. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> takes, yep. Yeah. That takes a lot of time. Do you admit, to do it right. Albert, do you, do you miss teaching at all or are you, are you, are you, are you, are you uh, <laughs> No, you know, I I I do like teaching. Uh, uh, I've been thinking about doing some, uh, like I have a, a a weekly vlog that I do from March to August. You know, so every week I do a vlog. So I'm gonna do, you know, and I did a little bit of showing people how to. I had one where it was easy mandolin, easy mandocello licks, because that's a whole different tuning, and there's lots of cool stuff that you can do with that but and I did another one on you know basic slide guitar techniques but I think uh I'm thinking that I might do some stuff like Joe did 
I think you did one on how to play Don't Fear the Reaper, right? Uh, I can't remember. I think you did. Mm. I think it's up on YouTube somewhere, how to play Don't Fear. And, 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 and Don did one, too. So I'm not going to do yeah. that one, And you know, but but I can show people how to play Cities on Flame. That's a pretty complicated lick. And I yeah. can show them how, yeah, how I do it. And uh, I can show them how to play, like, KG Creighton, or I can show them how to play some of the Maginot songs, you know, the Maginot, like, for instance, you know. So I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to, I think what I'm going to do is kind of, this, this next season of Most Cowbell, that's the name of my, my blog, Most Cowbell. (laughs) You've heard of Most Cowbell, this is Most Cowbell. So, so, Most Cowbell, what I'm going to do is each week I'm going to have, like, a little minute, th- like I'll have the guitar of the day. I'll have answer your questions. I'll have tip, you know, lesson lesson tip, and then you know, and then maybe what I'm doing that week or something. But you know, it's kind of like uh, Mary Spender. I don't know if you ever see her channel. She's fantastic. She has a whole yeah, yeah. She and every January she does a vlog every day wow. for the month of January, just because people are inside all the time they're like you know it's like okay this is makes makes life i've I've been finding some of these youtube guys you know like uh her mary, mary spender rj ronquillo and uh tom bukovic those guys they just you know and even some other guys pete thorne and uh uh tim uh pierce guys yeah tim pierce Tim Pierce, yeah. Great. All of these guys, or Thomas, Thomas Lang for drummers, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas does a, a video, you know, several videos a week. I love them. You know, he's so inspiring. So, yeah, I, I watch a lot of these things. <laughs> are you guys amazed? Are, are you guys amazed by how quickly, like, I see, we were actually just talking, I think, with Steve Lucas earlier today, and he was saying there's like a nine-year-old uh online or something that plays guitar as fast as he does or something. There's all these kids um, who I don't know how they learn so quickly. I'm a frustrated guitar player myself. Mm. But are you amazed by how, how quickly some of these kids can pick this stuff up? And you've got teenagers doing tutorials now online. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, th- there's just a lot of talented people out there still, you know. they got great ears and, you know, they – They've been working yeah. since they've been, you know, two years old. I mean, and, and there's resources there that we never had, you know, to be fair. Yeah. You know, true. you know, you can look up how to play any song and you might get the right thing. You might get the wrong thing. But if you go to, you know, uh, Neil Finn's web page, you can find out exactly how to play, you know, uh, uh, what was that? Uh, don't dream it's over, yeah. You can find out exactly, exactly how to play it. And if you want to see how Tim Pierce played it, you can go on his channel and see that, too. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, yeah. you know, so you can you can learn anything. You learn mm-hmm. from the the guys who did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We never so had that. Think, we, had to, yeah. we had to scratch up our old 45s. <laughs> Our old 45 right. he kept picking the needle up, up and play him over and over again. <laughs> and even then, you wouldn't get it 100% right, you know. Yeah. You need a new player. Yeah. You need a new machine. <laughs> well, oh, you yeah. know, we scratched in, up a lot of records. 
in the process of recording, a lot of times, and 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 this would happen with Blue Oyster Cult a lot, and it was mostly Alan Lanier. We would have the song; it would be this this chord and that song, that chord and that other thing, and Alan didn't pay any attention to that. He just played stuff that he thought sounded cool. And a lot of times, he, like in astronomy, he's playing a wrong chord. But it, instead, what it does is it creates this really rich chord, you know, because it kind of fits. It's got some some of the same notes in it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, you know, so yeah, the, we didn't realize that when we were kids, you know, that there was, you know, you'd hear something, you'd hear, you know, you'd hear the drum beat, either the bass, maybe. You'd hear the singing and then some tinkling in the background, you know. And uh, so yeah. a lot of it was mysterious what was actually going on. And even vocal harmonies, for instance. Like Joe and I, we had this group in high school, Beagle Tones, and we did a, a, a reunion, you know, 50-year reunion or something mm-hmm. like Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it 50? Yeah. 50-year yeah. reunion. Union of the Regal Tones, of the start of the Regal Tones, and uh, so we learned all the songs that we used to play, except Joe had all the actual notes. notes. So what we did is, it was like, holy crap. It's time to learn them right. Yeah, it was was finally time. (laughs) It took us 50 years to get it right. (laughs) Yeah. What did the Regal Tones sound like? Oh, they were great. Yeah, you know, I I've I've said this recently in interviews. Um, Eddie Baznat was a great bass player. I mean, yeah. we had a great sound. It was kind of like Beatles. You know, the Beatles when they got together, they they all of a sudden gelled rhythmically when Ringo joined the band. But we were like that from the get-go because we had Albert, myself, but also we had my cousin who has incredible sense of rhythm. And then oh, we yeah. had this bass player, Eddie Baznat. And even to this day, I still try to play as good as Eddie played. Eddie yeah. had a sound that really filled up the room. It just filled yeah. up the room, made everybody feel good. And, I mean, that's what bass playing is all about, you know, filling the room up and making everybody feel good. And Eddie had it, you know, from the the get-go. So, you know, I've been still trying to get to that level. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. I mean, both Teddy and Eddie had impeccable rhythm. You know, I mean, Joe and I, we had a, a vast... Uh, amount of musical knowledge because we both took yeah. piano and we took a lot of lessons. Yeah, you we know, were when studying we were musicians, right? Right, and but those two guys had the rhythm, and they taught us. They was, taught us how. It was in their. It was in their blood. It was in yeah. their soul. You know. It was. It was how to be an unstoppable sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that something? Yeah, it's true, though. You know, I don't know, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know, but, you know, when Blue Oyster Cult needed a bass player, the first person we called was Eddie Baznat. Yeah. It was Eddie. I was the second choice. Joe was the second choice. But, you know, in retrospect, it it was the perfect choice because Joe not only brought 
great playing to the to the table, but he also was yeah. a great singer and a great you know stuff that Eddie wasn't. And not only that, but when Joe first joined the band, he said, "I've never been in a band that didn't make money." <laughs> and and minus my commercial instinct. I swear to God, as soon as we were starving well, for years, and he joined the band, and all of a sudden we had money. We had gigs. We were working all the time. And well, it, we spent all the money we had, let's face it. you know. Yeah, we did. We weren't the rich. money didn't last very long. It, yeah, it, but we it weren't as fast as it came in. Mm-hmm. But we, were we weren't as too. Yeah. We were in we rejected too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you weren't there, Joe. You don't know. It was bad. <laughs> you know, he I said, know. we're going to make money. Go and steal food from the grocery store. Yeah. Dumpster so diving. Alan, dumpster Alan diving. had a girlfriend who was the checkout girl. And Jean they would just Quixada. put food, food, and they would put food on the thing, and she would just like, Pass it on and like charge them for a, a dozen eggs and and forget about yeah. the steaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. She, I, I actually wrote a song about her called Checkout Girl. Oh yeah. And and yeah. Uh, Sandy heard it and he said, I think I need to change the words a little bit. <laughs> it turned into Quicklime Girl. Quicklime Girl. Quicklime Girl. Oh my God. But every well, time I play that song, I think of Ginny Casada. Virginia Casada. Oh man, she was amazing. She was a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sandy, changed that. How did you feel? Oh well, she didn't know. You know, she'd already broken up by with Alan by then. She, she was. Uh, she became uh, Seventh Day Adventist, I think, something like mm-hmm. that. She got into this religious thing, and she wanted Alan to do it. And he's like, "Oh, whoa, no! I no more stealing it. food. No more stealing food from the grocery store." <laughs> we didn't steal it. We were we dumpster dove. It was it, they were throwing it out. <laughs> they were gonna, we just yeah. cut off the bad part. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's absolutely true. We dumpster Joe for food before Joe was in. He doesn't know. He doesn't because it changed as soon as he came in, you know, and I think was Sarah with you? Sarah came with you too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we, yeah, Sarah we, was not we, having any of that. We that, had the communal <laughs> cooking in the living, in the kitchen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. With the herbs, uh, spaghetti sauce. Eric made the spaghetti sauce. Special special ingredients in the spaghetti sauce. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of oregano, with uh, some other spice. (laughs) (laughs) This is not Uh, stuff for our idea, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) This is stuff that's never been, never been. Never been in an interview before. Yeah, no, right, right. Eric, Eric special spaghetti sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Well, how many guys live together? How many in the commune, in, in the communal living? How many, Everybody how many guys? Everybody lived in one house out? at one time. Yeah, it was a wow. huge house. It was four stories. It was a huge yeah. house, and uh, and we always had other people who weren't in the band living in the, in the house. 
Yeah. You know, we had yeah. uh, Richard Melser for a while. We had Michael Witzel, who was our cello player. Whoa. Uh, and uh, who else do we have? We had, uh, we had. Uh, well, I think when Joe joined, I think that it kind of got down to just the band guys and the, and the girlfriends. So Joe Joe was with uh, my girlfriend Sarah, his girlfriend Sarah, and Don and uh, girlfriend Don Sandy. And Sandy. Sandy. Uh, Eric, I don't. Eric think was Eric, always. He didn't, he didn't have well, anybody. He had the little room actually, up in the attic. He had the smallest room. <laughs> So he had he had girlfriends, but he wouldn't bring them over to the house. No, I mean they wouldn't okay. stay overnight. He he would go to their house, you know, or whatever. But you know, Eric, you know, he was the last to join the band, so he he uh, got the the smallest room. Is that and how then, it works? Well, he oh, wasn't even in the band. He was he was our road manager. So and then uh, then Les Brunstein had the biggest room. Because he found he was a lead singer and he had he found the house. But then when he left, I think that was around you know the I room was kind room. of empty. Yeah, Joe got his room. Yeah. Joe got the big okay. room with the. I think it had it. it did it have a private bathroom? Bathroom, too, but only half of it worked. <laughs> <laughs> with, hopefully, uh, hopefully the right half. I guess you need both though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's probably just a toilet. Yeah. Yeah, you can pee in the sink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah girls can sit on it. You had to watch out for the leaks in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Did, did yeah, you guys so, yeah. like with the girlfriends? Was it um, you know? Did they? And you know, we've seen documentaries about how girlfriends can influence a band sometimes. I mean, yeah. positively or negatively. Was there a little bit of that at all? Or. Oh yeah, I think it, yeah. There was always always that, and people always, you know. I mean, when we first moved in there, my girlfriend was Helen Robbins and and uh, Helen Wheels, and uh, and she got along with everybody. I think that was good. You know, her and Sandra became like really best buddies, and Sandra, you know, who became Donald's wife. But I think when uh, when Joe came. With Sarah, Sarah's mm. friend Mitch came with her. Oh yeah, remember that? Yeah, Mitch, and Mitch lived in the house for a while. Mitch, Mitch was my girlfriend for about I don't know a few months. Yeah, not I'm, not a yeah. real long time, but she was she was my girlfriend for a while. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, then yeah. then I got Denise, and Denise. Came with a little, oh, little child with a baby. You had a baby, baby in the two year old, and uh, that was pretty much the end of it. They were like, "Okay, yeah. the girlfriends are yeah, hard this, enough." That, this is not good. Yeah, but babies and girlfriends, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the yeah. girlfriends with babies, so so that was that was the end of the house. We got rid of it. Yeah, mm. that was that. No, we all had to find our own places to live. Yeah, and that was a little <laughs> stressful. Yeah, I was gonna say the, I mean, the cowbell part was already taken, so the baby couldn't take that part. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, there was no cowbell. That was the pre-cowbell. Yeah, yeah back to the pre-cowbell uh, era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, gentlemen, twenty twenty was a was a really crappy year, but 
if you're a Blue Raider Colts fan, that was a great year. And, Amazing. Uh, well, well, yeah, but, well, you know, we got some stuff done. Yeah. yeah we got yeah. some stuff done. A couple of albums, solo albums. Yeah. With the yeah. uh, Blue Oyster Cult album is a great album. You know? Yeah. Eric, yeah, Eric I would say had a, really had a resurgence of, of magnitude that we hadn't seen in decades. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. One of the main what amazes me about that new Blue Oyster Cult record is how great Eric Bloom sounds. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He sings my favorite song on the record, you know, which is Alchemist. Yeah, you know, which is yeah. it's totally up Sandy Perlman's alley. I mean, I mean, he would he would be over the moon loving it. to hear that. He'd be loving it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so and Eric Eric did you know he did that vocal on that song. Is comparable to Veteran and the Psychic Wars, which is, in my opinion, the best bust he'd ever done since I, when I was in the group. That was what was it was like? Uh, what, what was Go it ahead. like? Uh, I mean, Albert, for you to be a part of that record, uh, the new album uh, on a track, and then, and then I think just in general, um, you know, you guys doing your own projects. I mean, it's the year of uh, the BOC fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, Joe's album was in the works for a long time. He was working on that when he was working on the 11 Even record with Blue Coop, you know, which, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately came out, you know, on November 11th. You know, we said, we're being very clever. We'll put it out on the 11th of November and we'll call it 11 Even. But then, of course, you know, we were supposed to, to promote it. And, of course, that... That that opportunity evaporated with the with the plague, so you know uh, Joe was able to finish his record a little faster than he probably would have imagined, and uh, certainly yeah. I I was I was fooling around with this Imaginos thing, and I thought that you know maybe it would take me a year or two to to get it all together. I was not. I had other things that I was working on, you know. I mean, and the main thing was the Blue Coop thing, you know. So I didn't, I didn't even tempt that until after that was finished. But even mm-hmm. then, I was just taking a long time to like try and figure out how I was going to present this in a way that was, <clears throat> I'm not going to say better than uh, the Blue Icicle version, but but at least as good and in a way that was like. Would you? It would make you appreciate that version even more. You know, like this mm-hmm. is a totally different thing. You could like both things. You could put them on back to back, and it, it would still make you smile. Right. But yeah. you know, I mean, if that if the, if it wasn't a pandemic, I don't I don't know that. And and for them, you know, they took twenty years to do this record, but basically it took them a year and a half because. They were, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go out and play gigs, which would have, you know, made it harder for them. Slowed everything down, yeah. It would have slowed everything down. So, you know, that was great for them, you know, and and I remember, you know, I talked to Steve Shank, their their manager all the time, and I'm like, you know, you, you know, you got, you got Richie, you got Jules, they are fantastic musicians, white. Don't these guys let them 
they've been playing both of them have been each one of them has been playing with Brewers to go for over a decade. Why not give these new guys a chance to put their stamp on the brand? That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and they were like, oh, the records don't sell, you know. If you put out that last one and it, it bombed and blah blah blah, and I'm like, yeah, but this is a different group. It's different. Yes, yeah. I know Bobby. It's a Rod- different Bobby, era Bobby, too. Rondinelli is a fantastic drummer, but he was never writing oh, yeah. to cult, and he doesn't write songs. And you know, and and Richie and Jules are different. They're different kind of guys. You know, yeah. they they had a lot to add to that. To that record, and and I'm right, you know, and I, I have to say, I, I, you know, I was urging them to do this, and you know, when they started doing the record, you know, Joe said, "Are you going to write anything for them?" I said, "You know what?" I told them I would do anything they wanted me to do, anything at all, and I wasn't going to do anything they didn't want me to do, and I, I felt like. Let Richie and Jules, let these guys have their chance to shine. You know, they don't need me to shine. They're great, you know. And 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 at the very last minute, it was like the record was basically done. And Richie called me up and said, hey, would you sing harmony on this with Eric? And I'm like, hey, man, that's a magic sound, man. Me and Eric singing harmonies? That yeah, always man. Works. It oh, always yeah. works. So I said, sure. So I did that, and he said, oh, and if you could play a cowbell. I said, okay. So I played a cowbell, and <laughs> the next – and I send it to, send the tracks to him. You know, this is all virtual, right, over the Internet. So I sent him the tracks to him, and the next day he, he calls me up, and he says, listen, man, I, the cowbell part was great, uh, perfect, but do you have a bigger cowbell? <laughs> Something that's a little more heavy. I said – I played the exact same kind of cowbell that I played on Reaper. He said, forget that. I want a big cowbell. So I, I actually have a cowbell. It's about 10 inches. So it's a big, it's twice the size of the Reaper cowbell. It's a huge cowbell. So I played that, and he loved it. And he said, oh, and the vocal, it's perfect, but you sang the wrong words. I'm like, what? I, you didn't send me a lyric sheet. I don't know. I sang what I heard. He goes, it's not Saturn man. It's Saturn man. I'm like, oh. oh, like a sad in the past tense? He goes, yeah. I said, is that even a word? He goes, I don't know. I said, Saturn is better. Saturn is great. Have Eric sing it over again. It is. We're, mix- we're mixing it tomorrow. You sing it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I no said, fun. okay, Saturn <laughs> man I, it I is. I the quote. I love the line, um, you know, it's perfect, but the wrong words. I love <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, it was funny. It was really funny. You know, so I sang <laughs> saddened. I sang saddened. It was the way I had to do it. But, yeah, it's fine. You know, uh, I, you know, I, I think most people would be amazed at how critical I am about things. But, you know, but that's me. <laughs> And and you know what I say and, and keep a good humor about it, you know. But really yeah, is, uh, yeah, it really is. Bush are called hardest records since Imagine Us, I think, in my opinion, is that? Would you too. agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Uh, I don't think that every song is great, 
there are songs that I right. still haven't warmed up to, but I would say there is maybe one or two of those, and everything else I love. I love the record. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I mean, they could, have, they could have left that those two off, and it would have been a fourteen. It would have been a twelve-song record, and uh, it's still, you know, it would have been maybe better. I don't know. You know, they want to show their diversity too, and that's cool. You know. Yeah, it's been a long time since they put anything out, so yeah, they got a lot yeah. of. So they they needed yeah. to do that, and I hope that I hope that they make another one quickly. You know, before everybody is too old. <laughs> what, yeah, what does you know. it mean? What does it mean for you guys to be able to make music at this stage? Not not saying you're old, but yes, I, I'm amazed. I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, most people our age are are retired for like five, ten years by now. You know. Yeah. And yeah. in rock and roll, especially rock music, you 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 would be very surprised to see anybody in the seventies still making music. Um, mm-hmm. I know. There's there's the exception. There's the Mick Jaggers and the Paul McCartney's. But let's face it, most of the rest of the universe, they'd given it up ten years ago. Right. Right. You know, well, even, oh, even it's, the, it's the people that just recently died, like Leslie West and Sylvain Sylvain and uh, uh, I'm forgetting somebody that just died, but yeah, it, some of my friends and they're all. Oh my yeah, friends. well. Well, uh, um, 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 uh, Vanilla Fudge. Yeah, yeah, Tim Bogart. So all of Tim Bogart, Timmy, was they, great. great. They weren't Singer, even walking on two legs for the past couple years. I mean, they've yeah, been seriously like ill. So, you know, the fact that we can walk around on two legs yeah, and we're all stand in up and play now. and, you know, we're still beating the crap out of the drums and, and strumming the hell out of the guitars, it's like... You know, this is this is amazing to me. I never thought that I thought both of my both of our grandpa, you know, uh uh Joe's and my maternal and fraternal grandparents died in their 50s. Mm. So, wow. that's what I thought, you know, especially when I started getting to other well bad things, but for some reason I was spared. And I yep, yep. saw the error of my ways and and uh, became a different person. Yeah, but yeah. So, but it could have it could have gone the other way. Easy. Yep. Yeah. And we're all feeling good, healthy. Yeah, and it's that, amazing. Doing it. Amazing. It's a it's, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So anyway, I'm making this next record. I'm working on it, and tomorrow I'm actually going to play four of the songs from the, from the new Imaginos record. <laughs> Imaginos they number won. two. Yeah, yeah. Imaginos two. Is Minus it vindication for you? <laughs> is that, it's vindication. Is it, is it, I don't. I yeah. No, I don't. You know what? I I don't think I I. You know, there was a time when I wanted revenge. To be right. quite honest, <laughs> when 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 I made the original Imaginus record, I wanted revenge. I wanted to, I wanted to erase Blue Oyster Cult and just say this is really what it was all about. You know, that's what that's what I wanted. And 
when I look at that record, when I listen to that record, I feel like that's the reason why it isn't great. I mean, it's great in a way, but it's not as great as it could have been. And and that's the difference between what I did then and what I did now, because I don't want revenge. I just want to present the songs in the best possible way that you could really understand the story, get the vibe of, of the whole thing that, you know, that yeah, this right. is... You know, that this is, this is like this fantasy that is, you know, that is kind of a little bit scary, but also, but not, you know, scary, yeah. but not. Yeah. Mm. Albert, it, it kind of reminded me of like when Brian Wilson did Smile, what you did. Yeah. Be yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then we finally got, we finally got that project to come out in like seven, eight, this form. And that would be so cool to hear your demos from that time as well, someday. Oh yeah, too. I I actually released uh, uh, one song, uh, and I was right. gonna do another. I was gonna do uh, a song a week until until you know until the vinyl comes out, and then I'm gonna start doing uh, 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 how we developed the because the vinyl has three uh, extended mixes and then an extra song, so. I, I'm going to go into how that that happened, but uh, but I don't want to put that out until the vinyl comes out, and that's not until March. So, but okay. and and uh, mm. because I was doing this live stream, I think I got distracted and did not. I wanted to put out the first two versions of Season Investiture, you know, and two. Two weeks, you know, one week I'll put the very first version, and the second week I'll put the second version. And you can see how I took what I did in the first version, and I totally screwed it up. <laughs> and it's terrible. <laughs> the the second version of Imagine of, of Siege Investiture is awful. It's just absolutely awful. So so I'm 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 working up my way to put that out. And then, and then I'll play the third version of it, which is pretty close to what. Um, so I'm going to do season season investiture for three weeks. It'll probably start next week, but yeah. So you know, I am putting out my demos a little bit at a time, but you know, when you put out stuff on YouTube, you kind of want to put it like you don't want the same image the whole time. So I try and find video or you know, or still pictures, or I go through my scrapbooks and I'm trying to pull old pictures of stuff, you know, to, mm-hmm. to spice up the video, you know, so it's not just looking at the same thing. But people seem to really like it. So, I, like I say, I put out this other video where I took pictures from my scrapbook, and I also, because I had uh, recorded it on 10th Street, which is my first apartment in Manhattan, and my first first bachelor apartment. You know, so I look back on that apartment with quite a bit of fondness, you know. You know, everybody everybody would come in. Joe came in, you know, he came in and we did some demos and my friend Steve Cabaretta came over and Buck Dharma came with Steve and we did a whole bunch of, you know, not demos, um, <clears throat> jamming, just jamming. But I also have, yeah. I did put out a, uh, a demo of Simple Love where, was the original demo where Ross the Boss is playing guitar, <clears throat> and yeah, man. 
the most amazing thing about that is if you listen to that track and what he played, and then you listen to what he played on I Am the One You Warm Me, which is the opening track of Reimagine Us. Amazing song. He, he still sounds the same. He's still playing the same <laughs> licks, and, it, and they yeah. still are mind-boggling. He's still blowing yeah. minds. Yeah, with his, oh, you know, his his violin technique, because he was originally yeah. a violin player, you know, so he switched yeah. to guitar when he, when he got into high school or whatever. It, you know, it's so amazing yeah. listening, like, Ross the Boss is so, uh, you know, we had him on, he was talking about his new record, and of course, it, it's very, very heavy, um, but he's so bluesy, and you hear the blues, like, you know, you kind of have to listen for it. And so I'm, I'm wondering, like, I mean, did you always kind of recognize that original style that he had way back when? Uh, you know what? I didn't. I never really realized it until he came and played on that demo, that Simple Love demo. Okay. And I was like, holy crap. He doesn't do, you know, because in, in the dictators, he's like holding it down. He's like trying to keep it punk and not to get too fancy and you know i just made uh 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 a bunch of uh songs i just recorded uh four songs with the dictators with ross and andy the three of us in the studio we went into the studio i actually asked you know we're going to go in again i asked joe and he said no but maybe if he gets the shot he'll come and stand in do this scott thing you know i mean so, when I get my vaccine. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I've been going on every day. Today was the first day I did not go on to try and do it, but it's, it hasn't worked so far. But it's like trying to win the lottery, trying to get your number to call, come up. It's yeah, I know. Yeah, crazy. I know. I, yeah. Jones calling yeah, I, all the time. Yeah, me too. But you know, it's 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 going to take some time, and and I'm 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 patient. You know, I feel like you know, frontline workers. The fucking um, excuse me. The freaking guys in the grocery store, they should get they should get the vaccine before me. I mean, I don't yeah. see anybody. They're there every day. Yeah. And and you know they're not getting you know, they're not getting they're getting minimum wage. That's it. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, no, And they're front line. You know, and they're frontline workers. Yeah, they absolutely deserve it, you know. And I think they are supposed to get it, but I don't know. But so I can hold yeah. back. It's okay. But I can't wait to get the shot and and be able to, you know, hang out with people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I have a great set up here in my house, you know, with my electronic drums. And, and then I've created a, a kit yeah. and superior drummer that's, exactly like that is a mirror image of of the kit that i play live so so i can get it i can get super sounds now i i've really gotten it down but i uh, but i miss the the whole thing of doing it live you know and interacting with other people and that you know yeah. it's like I mean, yes, I would figure out my own, what I have to do, but sometimes somebody would say a word or it would play a part, and, and it's a whole different. All of a sudden, you're off in another direction. You know, you're inspired by your bandmates. You know, so yeah. you know that's I miss that. I miss that. Oh yeah. 
But what's you know, the, I, the status of Blue Blue Coop for you guys? Are you are you guys talking about? Well, we 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 will we will play as soon as uh, we can get some bookings. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you know, and and we've we've had some good offers that we had to cancel because of the uh, pandemic. Um, yeah, but uh, actually, what we're working on now is an animated feature. <laughs> oh, wow! Yeah, one of our songs. It's yeah. going to be in animation form. So we have a really talented animator who's uh, who's working on it right now as we speak. Yep. It, it, yep. It's going to be goofy, and uh, it'll blow your mind. What's the story? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a rock and roll a, story. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's a, ro- it's a classic rock and roll story, except with a twist. Rock and roll story. <laughs> I love it. It's a I rock and roll twist. story. Yes, from the mind of Dennis Dunaway. <laughs> from nice. 40, maybe from 40 years ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. If, you'll see. If, if, you don't, if it doesn't make you laugh, you know, yeah. it's going to make yeah. you laugh. Yeah, yeah, it's going to make wait. you laugh. It will, it will. Yeah, if it's not going to make you laugh, then you, you know, then probably your dog just died. Then there's nothing we can do. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> wanted to let it all play but we can't do that folks i mean that that's there, there are so many stories just in part one right there how amazing man and we we hope you're digging the music from re, yeah. re, reimagine us yep. just yep. uh oh mind-blowing genius uh, uh, yeah genius. It, 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 I, we're blessed i, I just feel i was uh really thank the guys for for taking the time to mm-hmm. uh to talk about so much and uh we 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 found out some surprises uh, before you guys probably found out about them. We've, yeah. we've, we've been uh, holding this, yeah, because we had uh, so much stuff, <laughs> which is such a good good problem to have. good problem to have. Um, we were very busy. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, because <laughs> Lord knows in these kind of times you don't know what right. we're gonna run into. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we try to stay ahead. Albert, 
mm -hmm. is working on uh, part two. Yeah, part two, and uh, boy, that live stream that he's going to be doing is also going to be really cool too. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that off the uh, uh, at the top of the show, and uh, I mean, I just, I you know, it, it's we were talking about how innovative um, th you know everything is now, the way that these um, these works are performed, uh, and. Like we said, Saturday, April 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Albert will be playing the album in its entirety along with some Blue Oyster Cult classics, so uh, that'll be awesome. Makes you wonder, too, if, if there are going to be any special guests that sneak into this. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, love to see Joe up there, you know, right? <laughs> Eric or, yep. or somebody, but just... Uh, Buck maybe stops by, you know? Hey, man, anything's possible with these guys. Yeah. They're, they're just... Uh, band of brothers they really are and uh the current and former members too you know they just they're they're not they it's not like oh who's that guy oh I, he's playing my parts like they're all they're, there's a they're cordial right yeah i think you know and the recent uh boc record uh albert plays yeah uh, he's on a track he, he wrote a track uh i in my opinion i think the best track yep. on the record mm -hmm. Um, Took you back to that feel, that old oh, sound, you know. Man. That album, this album is very. Uh, I mean, and Albert talks about it um, a lot harder mm -hmm. than than your standard cloister yeah. cult. It was it was really heavy. It was like whoa, you know. They took a, a kind of a harder turn in the in the early '90s. Mm -hmm. um, With and, uh, Richie, right? Yeah, Richie Castellano, I think. And uh, they really haven't really gone back to the. That classic, yeah. Uh, Bullister Call fans. Some some fans uh, don't like that, mm -hmm. but uh, they they definitely have gathered a tremendous amount of respect and a lot of new fans with the sound. Hard enough for Rudy Sarza to join them, right? Hard and heavy enough for Mr. Metal himself to, to join him. You Mr. Know? <laughs> Metal, yes. And we go to records after the big sound. <laughs> What was that noise? Ah, what that was is, loud. What the fuck? I, <laughs> <laughs> well, Diamond Dave, we have a whole bunch of stuff this week. Oh, I can't. We've got wait. tracks that weren't supposed to be released. Yes. We've got albums that we didn't expect uh, to mm. be number one or number one. Yeah, yes. There was a big, there was a big number one. Ooh. <laughs> did yeah. you see that? I did. That guy was yeah. just, you know. People... In the studio, we just about witnessed an accident. Yeah, folks. This, this guy uh, was driving crazy. There's but a then lot managed of, to uh, stop at the light. Freaking Alice Cooper. Detroit <laughs> Stories! N number one record. And it's, oh, it, it, Vindication Man, Rock is Dead. Yeah, right, Gene. Take that, Gene. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I think <laughs> I think uh, we, we all feel the same way. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's uh, really nice to see. Uh, a hard rock, heavy metal record. Yeah. Number one. Yeah, it's good. It's true, and it's and and it's it, it's a it's a gritty album. It's not like over the top production, right? Right. It, uh, the, the the big thing that Alex Alex Alice did was you mean Bradley uh, Cooper? Yeah, but, that's what. They, yeah. <laughs> this is see, yeah. folks. When we tape a show on a Friday yeah. night, you don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> that's for better, both of us. We're, we're, we're spent. We're spent, and that's for both of us. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just been a it's been a wild couple of months, but we we hope that you can put up with us. Yeah. We apologize for our what, what would the word be? Um, <laughs> incoherentness at times. Yeah. <laughs> it's not intentional. Right. No, it's not. But but Alice uh, brought went to Detroit. Yep. He got a, a lot of local 
and and uh, Detroit-based musician. And some legends, Wayne Kramer, man. I mean, yeah. gee, to be in that room. That was a great, great call. I actually, How, po- I yeah, actually right? posted out on Twitter on that. Yep. And the, the great man, Mr. Kramer, uh, who we'd love to have uh, on the show, yeah. as a guest on the show, uh, reach out and, you know, thumbs up. I was proud of you. That was a big yeah. one for you, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. I was proud oh, of you for that. Proud Mr. Of you MC5, that. baby. Yeah, dude. But yeah, it's and, just and, that you, style of playing. That and style, that right. Rich sound. They didn't overproduce it. They went for probably as as, as we as seems to be coming up a lot. You know, they did it in the studio. First or second take. Live, right. Few and, overdubs, right, maybe? You know, the only thing I kept thinking is if Dick Wagner was alive, he passed a few years ago, you know oh. he'd be on it, too. Yeah. You know he'd be on that. Yeah. Dennis um, is playing with the Bouchards and mm-hmm. uh, Blue Coop. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Dennis is doing anything besides that, but also recommended, uh, be, you know, because we just talked to them. Yeah, we just did. Uh, and we talked a little bit about Blue Coop. That band sounds uh, basically, in my opinion, like Bloister Cult. Yeah, like meets a, uh, Alice Cooper. It, it's right. kind of makes sense because that's what it is, but it just it it fits so well together. Yeah, thematically, it's not so metaphysical. Is it the word? Maybe right. Yeah, like it's not so out there as you know BOC stuff is, but musically, it, the feel is very much BOC. I think you're right. Tremendously underrated as well. Yep, Blue I Coop. highly recommend their first record. Yeah, I don't have it at my fingertips here. I should. Hey, it's all right. But I'm still shaken up by the car. <laughs> yeah, that car was going... Jeez. That was incredible, folks. I mean... Yeah. We also have a, kind of a, a big deal with, if you're a Sabbath fan, mm-hmm. um, who who would have thought that um, this this would have happened uh, in the past week. But this was a, big. A, an unreleased track uh, from the <laughs> Ronnie James Dio era yeah. came out. And... Uh, Tony was just... He was not happy. Not not no. pleased. Uh, I grabbed it. I have it. Uh, I don't know. Can we play a snippet? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I would say I loved, no. I just thought I'd get everybody. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, check, <laughs> I know, I know. It's out there. It's called Slapback. Uh, it was recorded during the pre-production s- sessions for Heaven and Hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, who were the guys on that one? Um uh, that was, uh, well, Jeff Nichols came in to play bass, I think, when Geezer left for a quick minute, and then came back. So, Geezer bass, that's, uh, Billy Ward on drums, right? Yep. And, uh, of course, Mr. Ronnie James Dio. Oh. Yes. And, this was uh, the first, their first record. I'm a little, a little Dio. pissed about this, because yeah. they just released two sterling, uh, sets of, of Heaven and Hell and uh, Mob Rules. The remasters, right? Yeah. yeah. On two LP deluxe sets mm-hmm. and two CD deluxe sets uh, for a second time on CD and for the first time ever on vinyl. Mm. And uh, at least in this deluxe form. And basically, this would have been a nice addition to the Heaven and Hell. Right. Because um, there pretty much weren't a whole lot of, of tracks uh, thrown on they didn't do a lot of b-sides mm-hmm. e- everything was live usually that that sab sabbath had as as b-sides and that's the same with their 70s warner brothers stuff with ozzy mm-hmm. um so when you hear something like this <laughs> it's just like why yeah. why wouldn't you just put this out i know and like what i guess tony didn't like it or just you know throw it in a, throw it on a seven inch and throw it in just the, do it give the fans something, something. exactly 
I just don't get and that's, that. I think something that old never got. I mean, it makes you wonder how much more stuff is that old that hasn't been heard. You know? Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about that stuff. Yeah. And, and so some fans have said that it uh, sounds like uh, another track on the record. I don't remember exactly which one, but uh, Geezer was absent uh, during that writing mm. part, writing stage for the LP. So yeah, I think that's when he left because he did leave for a little bit. There is a Heaven and Hell upload uh, that uh, some, I think Blabbermouth has out. Mm. And um, early version. I think of they posted Heaven, it. Heaven and Hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, the song is out there. You just got to look for it. Mm. But it was quickly pulled down shortly after it was posted. Mm. So if you didn't see the tweet, yeah, you were pretty much SOL, as mm -hmm. I like to say. <laughs> um, but some of the bonus tracks that were added on the Heaven and Hell Deluxe Edition without Slapback, unfortunately, were uh, ver different versions of Children of the Sea and Die Young. That's recorded my Recorded live Die in Young. 1980. Yes, yeah, such the a great... keyboards are just... It's, it's a brilliant song. Uh, the set concludes with libraries like E5150. Evil. And uh, Neon Nights. Mm. It originally appeared on the 2007. So they're repeating tracks, and we have an unreleased track that we're still never going to get officially released. Yeah. Uh, Tony, I don't remember what his statement was, but let's just put it as this, quote, I'm mad, He's unquote. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was confirmed by uh, Geezer that it actually was a um, authentic. Yeah, and this was an article, uh, he said that it's also, also in Blabbermouth. Just didn't make the grade. Right, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Oh, man. Yeah. He talked to Eddie Trunk about mm -hmm. it and said, yeah, it was one of the songs that we did before he left, mm. which I kind of yeah, vaguely remember, but he came back then. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, it's the song. the reason I left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just one of the songs that didn't make the grade. Yeah. But uh, Tony uh, came out shortly after that and said, if he finds out who did it, he will kill them. Yeah. No, no he didn't say that. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, you just have to. I know, yeah. But anyway, um, little E5150, uh, Van Halen kind of just stole that hole. Yeah, kind of, yeah. They, dropped, they lopped the E off. Right. The E5150 was supposed to be was supposed to mean evil or something. It's a code of some kind yeah. in Roman numerals, but it's a very eerie track. It is a very eerie yeah. track. But, uh that was like five years later, uh, Van Halen mm -hmm. uh, named their, their record that. So. Yeah, and the studio and everything else. Oh. So, uh, Joff, I, I didn't even, uh, I, for some reason I forgot about Joff. Yeah, he was, it was interesting because he was, um, around the mid-80s, um, Tony Iommi, he said they were trying to rebuild the credibility, rebuild the credibility of the band because... Like, he was trying to do a solo project, and, and the record company or management kept wanting him to use the Black Sabbath name. Right. And so at one point, and I think Eric Singer, who's now in Kiss, came back. Uh, he, he, was, his, right. he was in his late 20s. He played on, it was either he Eternal, on, on Eternal Idol and, um, what was the other one? Um, uh, I'm going to look this up, because it's actually, yeah... Um, I remember Iommi saying he wanted to build some kind of credibility up for the band, and so Jeff Nichols was actually made a, an official member of the group. Right. Um, Seventh Star. 
And what was the other one? Eternal Idol. Seventh star in Eternal Idol. So I'm going to give this to you real quick. I, I love I love that sort of 80s glossy, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. I know and you And these are, these are some of my favorite records. Uh, so Personnel on, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Jeff Nichols was an official member as of um, Seventh Star, which was 1987. 86. Yeah. January of 1986. And then the, the Eternal Idol followed in November of 87. And was he on that? Uh, he was. And that was with um, Tony Martin singing, too. Yeah. And Eric Singer also in the band. Bob Daisley on bass. So I would say you had the credibility there with Eric Singer, who toured at that point. I think he, he worked with uh, Gary Moore. He was young at the time. Eric Singer was younger at the time. But, right. uh, yeah, people forget he was in Black Sabbath. I mean, it's awesome. Jeff uh, is no longer with us. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2017 yeah, really uh, from cancer. Uh, but somebody from his camp released the track, mm, and that's right. Tony directed his uh, yeah. ire For, yeah. Yeah, at, at basically, Fury. you know, why. Right. I, I'm like, get this stuff out there. Oh, I know. I mean... It can't be enough. I mean, it, these, these yeah. deluxe reissues, maybe, I, I don't know, are they going to do a third deluxe reissue of Heaven and Hell? I don't know. You know... I, you give it to us, man. Cut that thing as a seven inch and release it for record Put story. it out. Exactly. Yes. That's my... Agreed. Yeah. The vinyl master has spoken. I just can't get enough. Uh, I really can't. I know. But I mean, how cool is that? We got a rare, <laughs> extremely, yeah, extremely rare, yeah, uh, song that it's never been heard, and uh, yeah, a week ago. So. You know, before he died too, Jeff Nichols, or Jeff, he was in, um, he was in a band uh, with uh, Tony Martin later. I think it was called Headless Cross. Actually, uh, Tony Martin had a band, um, a sort of Black Sabbath offshoot called Headless Cross, but it, it was either that or another project that Jeff actually played with them in. So you did have two sort of ex-Black Sabbath guys, later Black Sabbath guys with their own band, too. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, if you're a Floyd fan, um, you know, switching subjects, it doesn't look good. It looks like uh, mm. they, they pretty much came out over the course of the last few days and said that they are done. Um, it, yeah. It's no more. I didn't... You know, I was surprised that rumor even came about because... I mean, without Richard, you know. Well, you have all of us. Uh, yeah, that's true. All, all, all of us folks out there asking right. questions. You know, there's yeah. a cycle, and right. And uh, I guess the question was just hasn't really been addressed mm. or asked recently. Yeah. And guitar player uh, did the honors, mm. and David Gilmore um, curtly said it has run its course. We're done. Mm. In a recent interview with Guitar Player magazine, I'm all for Roger doing whatever he wants to do and enjoying himself. Um, <laughs> but he never does because he's yeah. so unhappy. Yeah, miserable and Roger, bastard. And Warner says, said. I can't no, enjoy myself <laughs> because I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Phil Collins said he's such a miserable bastard. <laughs> Um, what was, uh, remember the reunion live, not live eight, was it live eight? Um, when uh, Pink Floyd got back to yes. yeah, it was yeah. Live Eight. That was, dude. It was the energy. I mean, that was just such an incredible thing. That's the. It's hard to believe that was 16 years ago. We got five songs from him, and that was that was it. Yeah, and it was Bob and Midge. You know. Yeah. So we still. Uh, Nick has has done a few interviews here and there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Rot. Um, Richard's no longer with us. Yep, sadly. Uh, Roger is probably uh, a bit tough to get a hold of. Yeah. 
but he, he's working on something as we speak, and I'm hoping it's with uh, Radiohead's producer, Nigel. Would be... And I'm oh, hoping my... it's a kind yeah. of a follow-up to uh, his last, last record. And uh, here's hoping uh, that it's just as political. Because there are a few artists that can do political, like Roger freaking Waters. And you, you got me into that record, and it oh. was... It was there was a stripped down nature to it, but so eloquent, you yeah. know, and and poignant. I mean, it, it fit, you know. There was a, what, two years ago, three years ago when that came out. Oh, but you're right. Well, they would have to do something now too. I mean, there's so much going on. Yeah, it was when it, when, when was Cosby's was first trial? Uh, four years ago. Four yeah, years. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. About I, that, yeah. But it, it's you know it it does feel just like yesterday. Mm -hmm. But um. Didn't get the record the first time I heard it. Yeah, I was you told a little, me that. Yeah. a little like, oh, here we go. There's Roger again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the end of that first month covering that trial, mm -hmm. uh, which ended a mistrial, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I covered the early part. Yeah, I remember. I I would put that record up with with Floyd stuff. Mm -hmm. That's how much I like it. Yeah. I, it actually feels like a missing Pink Floyd record. Mm. You know, and um, you can hate me for that, but I, I just really could not recommend that record highly enough. You played it for me, and I was mesmerized, man. I, re I really was. I mean, because he still had it. He still yeah. had it, man. And he was such a good fit mm -hmm. with uh, Radiohead's producer, Nigel Godrich. Yep. And here's hoping that uh, they're collaborating again. Yeah, cause man. I don't know. I, I, it, we haven't heard much from the Radiohead camp. We don't have any clue what they're doing, so we don't know if they're working with them. Yeah. Don't know, if, you know. These 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 artists tend to just drop stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like you two will just show up with a record, right? <laughs> and they move on, yeah. Because yeah. you know they're working on something, right? What else are they going to do? Exactly, they have to be, yeah. And uh, but uh, yeah. basically, uh, Waters too said he's not interested in getting the band back together. He said uh, reunion would not be nice. I said this last year to Rolling Stone in 2020. He said it would be actually fucking awful. Mm. <laughs> so if, obviously if you're a fan of those days of Pink Floyd, well then you have a different point of view. I had to live through it. That was my life. And <laughs> I know in the wake of it, I've been cast as something of a villain by whoever, whatever, so be it. I can live with that. But I, would I trade my liberty for those chains? No effing way. <laughs> um, maybe that is the comment that said... You know, yeah. David on, on his path. Maybe, yeah. They just will never patch this up. I know. Well, to even play, hey, the songs were already written, just play them as they were. But even yeah. that, yeah. Thanks to Ultimate Classic Rock. That, and Nick's kind of stuck in the middle of it. Nick's just uh, doing his thing. He's touring with Peter Frampton. Saucer Full of Secrets, right? Yep. yep. And several other incredible musicians. Yeah. And uh, just killing it. Yeah, man. He's having a good time. So. He and Roger reunited. Roger played with them. Uh, I think it was at the Barclays Center in New York a while back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so imagine being in that room and then Roger comes out. But that's about as good as it was going to get, I think. So um, Fleetwood right. Mac is back on and Pink Floyd is off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we stand uh, nowadays. Um, and uh, Or Fleetwood Mac, you know, uh, Mick Fleetwood would like to get the band back together. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Yep. So, basically, if you're a Floyd fan, uh, I'll just segue to this. Mm -hmm. uh, Pink Floyd's Live at Nebworth, mm -hmm. recorded at Nebworth House, 
um, in Hertfordshire on UK on June 30th, 1990. Uh, I don't even think you were around yet. Mm, 1990? I was 82, yeah. So you were eight? Yeah, I was eight years old, yeah. You're like, Seven, yeah. Father? <laughs> <laughs> or mother, look at the airplane in the sky. No, no, no um, in aid of uh, Nordif Robbins Music Center and the Brit School for Performing Arts and Technology, they did a show. Um, Remixed from the original master tapes with a 24-page booklet. This, of course, is without, uh, as far as I know, Roger. <clears throat> uh, Shine on you, Crazy Diamond. Great gig in the sky. Wish you were here. Sorrow, money, comfortably numb, run like hell. Uh, that's being released on April the 30th of mm. this year. Mm. So, uh, official uh, Pink Floyd live record. I like it. I like that cover. It's very... <clears throat> oh, they're all their covers, Very dude. curious. Yeah. Just so, but it's just a simple release from Floyd in 1990. Uh, Look at the disc. The yeah. laser on that disc. Very cool. So, you, you can... Uh, we'll probably be getting this kind of stuff for the next <laughs> 20, 30 years. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Bowie has uh, just wrapped up his uh, live... Uh, uh, he released six live records over the course of 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, most of them were uh, from the later era in the, in the late 90s mm -hmm. to the um, right up until he uh, passed. Oh, that's right, yeah. Few, and, five uh, years ago. Some now, amazing yeah. stuff. Incredible, yeah. And uh, the last release uh, was just officially. Uh, <clears throat> announced today and mm. it quickly sold out just that quick i mean it, yeah like record time right i mean it was a lot of people were like uh, oh how am i supposed to get these if dude it's seriously like 15 minutes after it's announced yeah it's, it's, it's sold gone. out right it's gone and the uh, diehards no the diehards are waiting for it you know the diehards are waiting for it but there's also people that are buying mm -hmm. 10 copies of it right right that's true you know they're going back and re repurchasing mm -hmm. you know, nine copies of the record and then selling them yeah so there's a bit of that going on, which, you know, it's, it's a limited run. Mm -hmm. There's only a couple thousand of these releases, CD and LP, um, being released. And I, for some reason, I, I think that they made less copies of the later pressings based mm. on the demand of the earlier pressings. Because mm, okay. some of the earlier pressings uh, are still, you can still find. Right. Uh, but the later stuff is completely poof. Well. Yeah. I think we're, uh. Should we do one more? Are you done? Because this one's kind of a big deal. Let's do it. <clears throat> There's speculation. Uh, Judas Priest. Mm -hmm. I'm saving this because it's a surprise to even you. Yeah, this was a surprise. Yep. <clears throat> this is going to be really quick. This is not going to be like the Grammys. <laughs> Grammys, <laughs> Grammys still sticks, sticks in your crop. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned the he, hey Dave were, how about the Grammys we were wrapping up one day and he's like hey Dave how about the Grammys what are the Grammys again? what are the Grammys again and I was just like uh I gotta look I don't even remember saying it that's how I mean I was like gone was, yeah and I just I don't know oh, just sometimes funny. you get to the point where yeah we, uh, <laughs> like, there's like five minutes in the middle of this yeah. segment that has to go snip <laughs> Uh, Judas Priest uh, has been rumored mm. uh, in the summer of 2021 mm -hmm. to put out a 42-disc box set. Oh, yeah. This will be bigger than, what, Metology, right? Was it Metology yeah. that they did or something no, that, like that? That yeah. was three. That yeah. was three. This will be massive. <laughs> um, this is a big deal. I, I know that they did an official um, 
couple years ago they did a complete album selection mm -hmm. release uh, where it was only like 20, 20 or 30. Yeah. Uh, some a lot of people were really wondering like what what's going on with the other 15, 16, 17 discs. What, what are those going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be unreleased concerts? Is it going to be B-sides? Is it going to be... Like leftover tracks if they had anything from the... Se I, I always thought they put everything they had on the on the records and they released everything for the 70s. I thought I could see them having extra stuff. I think there were extra things around Turbo, maybe. Yeah. But, the, oh, that would be interesting, man. So, uh... Gotta talk to our friend KK, who's also working on his record. Yes. I don't know when that's going to drop. Waiting. Can't wait it. to talk to you, KK, if mm -hmm. you're out there. That's right. I'm just sending uh, a text, yeah. KK's favorite record is British Steel, by mm -hmm. the way. It is. Thank you. So good. So good. <laughs> but, uh, they, they, they're, um... Just a whole bunch of rumors swirling about. We, don't, we really don't have a whole lot of information on it yet. We, mm -hmm. we kind of... This kind of popped up. Uh, yesterday, actually, mm. and uh, I immediately had to uh, tell you. You did, and uh, oh, you know what? I, I I think I found something. There's a there's a drum track that they haven't released. Right here. No, that was just me on my stupid. What era was that? Was that from the? Uh, that was from the uh, the Defenders era. No, I'm just kidding. It's fantastic. <laughs> just another. So little... that would be Ian. Yeah, that was Ian or uh, <laughs> no, uh, Dave Holland. Dave, Dave, Dave Holland. Holland yeah. I'm sorry, Ian. Uh, Base. Yeah, in base. Yep. That's a bad job, Shane. <laughs> See, this is the kind of shit that happens on a Friday. <laughs> this is it. Just said yeah. Ian Hill is the drummer <laughs> for Judas Priest. <laughs> He's only played bass on every record. Oh, man. What would Eddie Trunk say? <laughs> uh, they're talking about also, too, the Astley remasters. Do you have any idea what that for about Priest? Yeah. The Astley rem No. Uh -uh. I guess apparently there were some remasters done. Rick uh, Astley was in the. No. <laughs> apparently, Dave, there's. Something called the Astley Remasters. Mm. Uh, a guy named Vic Astley. Mm -hmm. Very, um, very European yeah, sounds, British name. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds. It reminds me of the Spinal Tap Manager. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, he did uh, some remasterings of the first two records. This and, one goes to eleven. And so. uh, people were pleased with his, uh, his his mastering on the first two, but a lot of people weren't pleased with his work on the other ones. So. Mm. The other question is too. Uh, I'm not saying this. This is what I've read. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, maybe we're gonna get new new remasters off the master tapes. I don't know. Man, that would be wild. <clears throat> There's just too much stuff. Oh, that would that would be. They so keep attacking wild. my wallet every June. Because <laughs> record store day is coming too. It's so. coming. Yeah. When is it? I'm not sure. That's a great question. I, I, you got to get Jasonica back. Yeah, gotta, yeah. We've heard some rumors that it's going to be split up again mm -hmm. because a lot of the record store owners, including Jasonica, uh, Greg from another record store, yep. uh, Goodies, and Ridley, um, was saying that they really got they benefited from having mm. four spread out because uh, it was less intense. Um, it was a lot more uh, laid back, and people bought more. Mm. There so I go. think it's kind of it kind of comes down to uh, if you have too much stuff, mm -hmm. add more. <laughs> well, if no. you have too no, much stuff and, and you're selling all in one day, uh, some people's budget really it doesn't fit into their budget right. in 2020, mm -hmm. and it probably won't fit into the 2021 budget for a lot of people because a lot of people are still out of work. Right. So yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a guy that will take his $1,400 stimulus check and go buy. 
all of his record store day stuff. Maybe, yeah. Stimulated but, the economy, helped the stores. But that said, um, I don't know. So no. I'm sure there's going to be some really good stuff. There have been some rumors, uh, but we were just going to wait until we... Yeah, until we the, know a little more. Because yeah. there may be a KISS release in that. Mm. So, like a re-release? I... Well, probably just, it's the 45th anniversary of Destroyer, right? That's another thing. I think. For, yeah. 40, think last week, already, 45th anniversary. They already anniversary. did a 40th. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so they're they going to do, do a, yeah. Every five years, they're going to do or, another... Or re revisited, or, yeah, the Destroyer revisited. Remember that? Yeah. Resurrected. Love Gun's yeah. coming up, though, isn't it? Uh, 77... Yeah, is it next year? It's next year. That's next year. Yeah. Yep. 97. It's the 77. But yeah. that also got a deluxe... Pressing kind of really went unnoticed. Mm, they yeah. threw a concert on. Um, it was a two disc set. I'd like Rock and Rollover to be. That, I agree. That one? Like that, that's that, that's like the. I think it's child. the best. I think that's the best Kiss Kiss album. I mean, I, I'm a Destroyer guy, but I, you, I, you convinced me that Rock and Rollover it has everything on there. You know. Yeah. It's right in the middle. It's gritty. It's great. I mean, you know. A rock steady production. Yes. Eddie. Eddie Kramer. Mm. Well, I'm going to go listen to this record. Let's do it, man. All right. And uh, we hope you enjoy uh, Reimagine Us. And uh, we're going to leave you with a little bit of... Uh, Albert Bouchard. Take care. Peace. God bless. And have a great one. Or two. Diamond Dave. <laughs> <laughs>